Molson Coors goes from sewer to suey. Good news for self-distributed Michigan breweries. Your sales cap might get a bump. It's the Battle Royale of the locale. Which one of these beers will help Tyler squeeze into a Speedo this summer? Dad bod in the beach bod. This is It's All Beer. All right, welcome to It's All Beer. If this beer was a keg, I'd tap that. I'm Jeremy Jones. Are you hitting on me? A little bit. Well, we're getting into low-cal uh, IPAs this uh, and Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, we're going to get sexy up in here. Whoop, whoop. This is Tyler Zimmerman. <laughs> uh, so this is a little bit of a special episode. We were talking a little bit about uh, low-calorie IPAs um, last week, and so we decided to grab a bunch of them. And we'll do. We'll give the, and stay sober. And um, yeah, sadly, I was. I did have that thought. I'm like, God, we're gonna be drinking a lot of beer. Four percent. Four percent. Four percent. I have a stutter right now. Apparently, yeah. Four percent. Four percent. Five point five. So actually, the hard seltzer is the manliest <laughs> beer on the table right now. That's just that's just that. So actually, what? So Tyler, what are we drinking today? Well. Wowza, this daytime has been flyjacked to my slightly mighty good behavior. Anyone, if anyone else wants to uh, be my co-host on this podcast <laughs> after this, I'm looking for somebody else, actually. <laughs> yes. Well, so I brought in Lagunitas' uh, daytime IPA. Jeremy brought in the slightly mighty locale IPA. Uh, we have the flyjack from Firestone Walker, uh, the good behavior from Odell, Wowza from Deschutes, and then just to spite Jeremy, I brought in Belching Beaver's new hard seltzer. We'll save that one for the last, but we decided to randomize which ones we were drinking, so we'll start out. Hey Siri, pick a number between one and five. A random number between one and five is two. That'd be the slightly mighty. Let's crack into it. Uh, Also, I just want to say... We don't have a hit on the Deadpool this week, so yay. The first week since we've been doing the podcast in 2020. Uh, and I'm very disappointed if you listened to last week's episode uh, that Truly has not announced their Truly and Rally winner yet. And I reread the rules and they said, like, you were disqualified from the entry if you encouraged drinking in excess in your post. And I'm like, you guys really shit the bed. You should have just went for the most excess. I mean, I... I get it, I get it, but let's... uh, Okay, you know, fine, truly. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Um, So let's... All right, the the slightly mighty. So... I mean, it's got a very, very light... 95 calories, 3.6 carbs, 4% alcohol. It's got a slightly citrusy, piney, metallic... And it's brewed with monk fruit extract. It's got like, yeah, it's got there's like an earthy quality to it. I'm not sure I'm behind on the on the aroma. I mean, so before we get too far into this, let's. I believe we're going to by the end of this say which one we like best. I I think we ought to say you know what the the criteria is since these are all low calorie IPAs. Which one of these is closest to a actual IPA. actually uh, actual IPA? Um, and it's pretty good because they're all at four percent. Or pale ale. Or pale ale. Um, this one, all right. So far, not terribly impressed. No, I'm. In my mind, the first thing I thought of. So the aroma, real good. I I, I do enjoy it. It reminds me of the delicious IPA with how thin it is. It's extremely thin. I 
I, I will say this. I like the bal- I like the balance I'm getting so far. Oh, it's not the session IPA just bitter bitch slap. Right. Um, so it is very drinkable, but I mean if you handed me this and said this is an IPA, I'm gonna say no it's Go not. Go fuck yourself. Uh, if you said this is a pale ale, I'd be like, eh. I mean, no, it's not even has the it doesn't have the hop flavor even for a pale. I mean I'm not sure if you tell me it was a blonde ale, I'd be like, okay, this is a, a hoppy blonde. A little not even a I've had hoppier blondes that than, than this, but Well Jeremy, we don't need to hear about your sexual exploitations. Hey, you know what? Some people <laughs> roll in the hay. I like to roll in the hops, motherfucker. Um so as we're getting into I we like I said, we did talk a little bit about this is going to everybody brace yourself. This is just gonna be a thing. I think what we're looking at today is is this session IPA part do the recessioning or is this like slightly different um i want to i want to talk I like is this recessioning so. <laughs> um i wanted uh, in the taylor labs or yeah taylor labs at uh, craftbeer.com uh just came out with an article uh yesterday about uh, about how uh these locale ipas are going to be taking the world by storm and he mentioned he talked to a lot of breweries some of which we actually have on the table today that we'll be getting to in a second about what their strategy was how they viewed this i i hesitate to call it a new style but let's go for it how they view this style and how best to approach it we talked a little bit about bell's lighthearted um last week and, and that's how the article started um we've got wows on the table from deschutes brewing their idea was basically to take they, their idea was like a light hazy pale, and that is that's the factor I think is that were that was missing from the original run of session IPAs was the idea of like hazy imbalance. Right. Well, well, I mean the the hopping techniques used in hazy IPAs. Yeah. Instead of your traditional West Coast IPAs, but looking at this, so your Wowza is branded as a hazy pale ale. Right. As well as the Flyjack. Right. And then your Lagunitas is... Well, Lagunitas doesn't really like styles, so... Yeah, well... Uh, and then Odell does the Crushable IPA, and then you have your locale with Dogfish Head. Um, but um, uh, basically their idea was... Uh, Deschutes' idea was... Um, is, yeah, the Hazy the hazy Pale Ale, um, and trying to make one that that still has all the all that flavor and still has has all the flavor of a, a pale ale but still low calorie um and so that was the route they went i liked that we don't have this one on the table which is very sad i i just dearly like uh uh, uh monday night brewing from atlanta the lay low the idea. lay low um which, if we would have had more time for this episode, I have a friend that lives in Atlanta, so I probably could have had him send it to me. I like the, uh, there was a statement from uh, uh, the co-founder, Jonathan Baker, who acknowledges how hard, what, uh, he, he acknowledges how hard what you're trying to do is, which is like, try to, you've, you've got a limited, uh, uh, basically, malt palette on which to put these hops. And you've got to be very, very subtle and very, very specific with, with the kind of hops and how you hop. Um, and he acknowledges like how really difficult this is. Um, and, but he says he nailed it and I'm going to quote here by using science, dedication, and the spirit of the mighty tiger. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I do agree it because just look at us right now. 
I mean, to actually nail something, you're going to have two schmucks halfway across the country sitting here criticizing, is it balanced enough? Is it flavor forward enough? Uh, and just critiquing every little bit about it, and not uh, and not only that, but two fat guys who like IPAs and are trying to say, well, it's not as good as an IPA. We should probably acknowledge it's not probably not gonna be as good as an IPA. But if one could hit it, you got a gold mine. <laughs> yes, I mean if you could if you could hit a four percent one that you know makes either of us like slim down a little bit, or just stay sober at work. Well, that's not acceptable. So, what's what's my next option? Um, um, you know, we were talking about. Uh, we are actually right now drinking the slightly mighty. Um, and like you mentioned, they um, their their idea was to add um, monk fruit, which I'm not sure what monk fruit is. Um, according to uh, according to Dogfish Head, the idea is that it adds sweetness without extra calories. So it's a way to like it's a way to like bump up that that malt bill that you. That you're that you're very limited on, so it's a way to basically build that sweetness and build that like backbone, so you can add a little bit more hops. Um, I'm not sure it works, you know, trying it, but uh, yeah, it's supposed to it's supposed to be a way to basically do that without adding adding more grain, thus adding more um, uh, thus adding more alcohol and thus more calories and that is really the that's where most of your calories are coming from in a in a in a it's beer the is the yeah the the alcohol um the article mentions firestone walker the fly jack we've got that on here they the the article describes how they went after it is very like tactical and very like formulaic um they though they they knew they wanted to start at four percent they basically said okay we've got a four we have four percent this grain, what can we do with this to try to accentuate the hop flavor um, and minimize bitterness? And their solution was actually the relatively new Strata hop. Um, uh, it's supposed to uh, ex- deliver more hop aroma and more flavor in smaller qual- smaller quantities, smaller IBUs, and they also used a quote an expressive yeast strain um, to heighten the ester and fruitiness, which actually makes a lot of sense to me. If you get a if you get a good yeast strain on there that that can play with like right play off the hop flavor with the esters that adds more hop flavor without right. um, without adding like the bitterness and thus without throwing it out of balance, etc. 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 But that's uh, we talked a little bit about Lagunitas. Um, it was it was one they've been brewing forever and just got a bump. Um, the um, Odell Brewings are good behavior. Not a lot about it in this article, other than they like light sessionable beers, and here's their here's their answer. So I mean, maybe the good behavior is like the the quintessential like um, session IPA, and the rest of them are different takes on that. But um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of a little like idea of how they're trying to approach this, and of course, you... I really wish we could have got the lighthearted because I was seeing things over Twitter over Super Bowl weekend about people drinking that, like testing it out, and heard good reviews. I just don't well, have access to it. If there is somebody out in the Midwest or someone that has access to it that's listening to the show and like to send us one, um, you can do that. Uh, get a hold of us on email, and we'll coordinate that. Or if you have a family member that is in the Midwest that will send you one, we'll bring you on the podcast. Yes. 
<laughs> anybody in Idaho get a hold of get a hold of one. Heck, if, even if you're, we could probably arrange something over Skype or something. If you get us the bells too hearted, I can't believe I'm, I'm no lighthearted. Lighthearted, excuse me. I, well, both the lighthearted and the two. I'll still take the two hearted. Yeah, two hearted, <laughs> solid. But. <laughs> but if you get us the lighthearted, uh, yeah, let's talk. We will put you on the podcast. We'll drink it and talk it over. Because we're whores, gigantic ones. But hey, we're gonna be slim whores. Yeah, so not gigantic anymore. No, nice felt like sexy whores. That can make some money. All right, moving on. Hey Siri, pick a number between one and four. A random number between one and four is four. That would be the wowza. wowza. All right, I'd like to state that this was actually um, uh, the full pint uh, last week, if you were listening, and if you weren't, um, go listen to it or you're a bad person. Um, last week... Uh, uh, the uh, the full point basically did what we're doing today and you know ran through a bunch of them and this is actually their top pick was the wowza so I'm kind of looking forward to this one. Uh, so a couple quick things on here, hundred calories so sitting on the higher end of the calories here guys, four grams of carbs, a little bit higher. Uh, and the coolest part that I found, they can condition this. Oh well, that's not unusual for the shoots. They they can and bottle condition everything. Okay, I couldn't remember if they bottle conditioned a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yep, can condition for quality. Live yeast added to the can allows the beer to age gracefully, stay fresher longer. All right, let's do this. This is actually a lot paler in color than I was kind of expecting, or maybe it was kind of separated in the can. Um, I mean, I get the I get the hazy on this one. This was the this was the hazy pale, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, uh, and the haze is and the haze is prominent. I mean, not as thick as like your t- traditional hazy IPA, but that makes sense. I do like the aroma. So right off the bat, I get that tropical fruit. It's like a milky piss yellow. <laughs> I, okay, it does look a little bit like beer mixed with something unmentionable that you might get if you were, you know, watching something, you're watching a dirty movie and you had your glass too close. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's you the, went there. It's the nicest way I can think of putting that. I can't <laughs> I didn't hear you come up with a description. <laughs> <laughs> a milky piss yellow. <laughs> Uh, but I like the aroma. It has a um, like that light tropical fruit, mm-hmm. um, like a hint of like uh, like grainy biscuity aroma, and yeah, that like that like orangey, um, like a touch of vanilla to it. I don't know if I'm getting that, but ooh, you know what? This one's pretty fucking close because. I do get, like, all the things you get on a hazy IPA. I get that tropical fruit. I get that smooth mouthfeel. It's lacking a lot of body, but given what we're dealing with, that's kind of expected. Again, this is part of the reason why I hated the delicious IPA. (laughs) If I wanted hop water, I would order Lagunitas' fucking hop water. But it's not hop water in the sense that it's excessively bitter. No. Which which was always my complaint. True, but, yeah, the flavor, I think it's a little more mellow than the Slightly Mighty that we had before. All right, so since we're clearly going to have disagreements, I mean, I guess I, I guess my first question, all right, here's how I propose we do this. We assign every, uh, we assign every uh, beer we're, ha- uh, a, 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 we're having a number between one and five points, 
and then we total up our respective uh, our respective points, and we'll see we'll get the winner from that. I say the one that we pick that we would have we would crush a six pack at a barbecue on is the one that wins this. Take the most ad bot approach to picking this. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm, I'm digging this one though. I mean, for what it is, I I'm not super opposed to it, but I don't know if I'm sold on it yet. All right, well, while while you ruminate on it, um, Chorus can't stop stealing other people's names. News now. Define stealing. Uh, we'll get. I mean, I feel like that's for a jury to decide, which <laughs> is kind of the point. We've talked about um, ongoing litigation on this podcast uh, between. Uh, Molson Coors, formerly Miller Coors. Uh, there's still the uh, the the little tiff between Stone Brewing and Keystone. The uh, Edge, uh, them suing Anheuser Busch. Yeah, yeah, we have a. Yeah, it have... is a good year to be Molson Coors' attorneys. <laughs> whoever is yeah, whoever's re- re- uh, representing Molson Coors is they're gonna get themselves a Christmas bonus this year. Um, they are just snorting up all the cocaine on the East Coast. <laughs> Um, yeah, you mentioned the little local tiff here uh, between Edge Brewing and Coors Edge. Um, so the fight—it seems like only natural. The fight is now going into hard seltzer. Um, this piece, where all other beers going. Uh, this piece comes from Brew Bound from Jessica Infante and Justin Kendall. Um, Future Proof is suing Molson Coors over their new seltzer lineup set to be released. It set to be released next month. Um, the uh, future. Uh, Future Proof, um, back in 2018, uh, released the least there a lineup of breezy seltzers, um, and uh, Molson Coors announced. Or is it Brizzy? Sure, Brizzy. Um, Molson Coors announced that in March, Vizzy seltzers were uh, w- was going to be their lineup. Um, the uh, the the Future Proof, which is out of Austin, Texas, is seeking a um, um, a jury trial. Claiming that the two seltzers are so similar as to be obviously confusing. Um, we'll put the article up on Twitter, but, I mean, you look at the pictures. The font's almost the same. I mean, seriously, though, I mean, a lot of times you, you, you go, because that's usually the, uh, the the complaint is, look, that's why you that's why you stake a claim. Like, look, people are going to get confused and we're going to lose money. Normally, you're kind of like, eh, are people really? But you look at this, you go, no, I could totally see... Honey, go get me some. Go get me some Vizzy, and she brings back Brizzy, or Brizzy, Brizzy. Or, or vice versa. Also, you know, why are you asking for either of these? But I could see why how how you could get these two confused. Also, I feel Molson Coors is just like looking at this article a little closer. Is really just trying to grasp onto that healthy lifestyle. With their touting of the Vizzy as the first hard seltzer made with a Sorola cherry, the superfruit high in antioxidant vitamin C. Yeah, I saw that. How did you pronounce that? I have no fucking clue. So, a Sorola? So they put, they, they put a cherry in there that's going to save everybody's life so you can get drunk forever and never, ever die. That's yeah, what's... It's kind of like Philip Morris told us for the longest time that cigarettes cured cancer. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> well, I'm selling my uh, uh, Philip Morris stock. Um, anyway, um, no, it's and and Molson Coors's defense, and I kind of like this. Um, is I mean, I don't know what you expect, but 
Um, they they came back and said, you know, Vizzy's packaging is markedly different. It is. It's in the slim 12s where the others in your t- standard 12 ounce can. Uh, we don't uh, uh, and offers unique ingredients, which I can only assume they're they're magical cherries. Yes, but if you look at Brizzy's three flavors, it's watermelon mule, mixed berry mojito, and strawberry rosé. And so it's still that fruit forward. You, you can kind of unique. It's mixed. It's not like your standard mango pineapple. Right. Um, and they and of course they don't believe anybody's going to get the two mixed up. Which eh, I think there's reasonable reasonable assumption to uh, assume they would. But um, it it's I guess it's it's. At this point in time, they're hoping for a jury to decide. Yeah, if I was future proof, I'd be like, "Listen here, there people are stupid." There was a knockoff movie of Transformers called Transmorphers that sold a shit ton of movies because parents didn't realize that there was a difference, and so bought the cheap one on fucking Christmas. Actually, there's a whole studio that does this. Yes, it's the so, same. It's the same <laughs> studio that does Sharknado. They just like as soon as they hear about a movie, they quickly rush out of like a shitty version of it. Shitty, just. Be- D-list fucking movie. I mean, and of course, like most people, I found out about that that studio uh, when um, uh, Mystery Science Theater last year did one of their movies. Um, their, their 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 version of Pacific Rim. I can't remember what it was called, but it was awful well, and I wonderful. Saw, I remember in high school, I saw like Transmorphers, and I was like, did the fucking TV guy like <laughs> have a spelling mistake? Is this guy drunk? And I like clicked. I was like, this is not Transformers. <laughs> This is terrible, but it was so bad I couldn't look away. Molson Coors, that's you. <laughs> you are Transformers. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just got filed. Uh, there's there's not much information other than than uh, uh, Future Proof says they're totally gonna get fused. Uh, Molson Coors saying no, they're not. It's fine. It's totally fine. Shut up. We're releasing this in March, regardless of what you say. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it and see what uh, how it turns out in the long run. And. Future Proof did have the trademark in first. On, I think it's pretty clear that I mean it seems pretty clear cut without you know knowing much about about this case other than what was presented in the article, which wasn't much. But it seems pretty pretty obvious they've been doing this for a year, and one's not set to be released for another month. So mm, and let's look at milk. Molson Coors' track record. I say, and Molson, someone, someone at Molson Coors needs to like take their like graphics people or does or like. Well, their lawyer's not gonna because he's making bank. <laughs> if I were at Molson Coors, I'm finding the n- people who do the naming and like, all right, we need to talk. Where? <laughs> Just because you see this on the shelf and change a letter doesn't mean it's okay. Listen, googling the word beer names and then using that to name a beer. Not a great idea, guys. <laughs> True. Just saying. Also, one little PSA, because I saw it further down in the article and it reminded me. Corona does not cause the coronavirus. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Take it away, Siri. Hey, Siri, pick a number between one and three. A random number between one and three is three. That's a good behavior. <laughs> Be nice to Siri. She has to. She has to talk to me while I'm on the John. <laughs> I wish that upon no one. See. Be nice to her. 
All right, so this is Odell's good behavior. This was the one, uh, according to the article, that was, I mean, they there wasn't much from Odell other than, we like cycling and we like our low-cal beer, so we did this. And it's a crushable IPA. So let's, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how I feel. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's not branded as a low-calorie IPA, it's crushable. Which again. So let's look at the specs on here. 110 calories. So you jumped up, you're the highest one now. 7.6 carbs. So, yeah, you're really fucking jumping. Atta boy, Odell. Finally going to have some body in here. Um, So, so I'm, I I want to say so far that I like the aroma on this one better than anything we've tried. It's slightly even better than the Wowza. Yeah. So, um, I points for that one. It's got a good body. I mean, yeah, it's actually got... It's actually got a, a a little bit a little bit of chewiness to it. It doesn't taste like there's like something missing like the rest of them. Um, I but, guess it should be surprising that the one with the most calories and the most carbs is that has that. But to me, it's missing something on the hop flavor. It is missing. It feels like it. I get it goes the tropical bland. fruit. Right? I get I get the tropical fruit. I get the citrus. I think I like the the hop flavor on Wowza better because this does. I agree, does taste muted like somehow, not as bad as Dogfish Head. No. Um. So far, that's my like least favorite. But I'm like, I was looking on the can to try to see what hop they used. I'm like, maybe if they changed up the hop. Uh, it is hazy as well. How would you describe the color, Jeremy? Um. I mean, straw colored, slightly hazy. Yeah. Not like the I I, I really darker should, than uh, Wowza. But. I mean, not definitely not the I should really pay attention to where my beer glass is during <laughs> my alone time sessions. Okay, Randy Marsh. <laughs> Talking about masturbation, people. You Grow dense up, motherfucker. <laughs> Sometimes on this podcast, we just give up having any structure, and me and uh, Tyler just drink beer and just banter <laughs> with a microphone. In and and this is this is where the whole thing just kind of falls apart. So hey, glad you downloaded. <laughs> But we hey, got you, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, so it's we're, we're, we got some stories anyway. Tyler, uh, do you want to do one? Yeah, so awesome news coming out of Michigan. This article is by uh, Craft Brewing Business, uh, Chris Crowell. Um, they, the Michigan House of Representatives has introduced a new bill that are going to help a ton of small brewers by upping the barrel limit for self-distribution. Excellent. All right. Uh, so we've talked about this we a couple have. times. We've actually been fo- we've actually been following the Michigan um, uh, th- this Michigan law for a while. I feel no. So that was Minnesota. Make it Minnesota. They're all and the same. And then Texas did one. So I know we we did. Yeah, we did uh, uh, the Texas le- Texas legislature last year. And then we did Minnesota. You're last right. Year. It was Minnesota. Never mind. Forget so, I said that. Basically, edit if, edit edit. <laughs> uh, basically, if a state's up in their self distro barrel limit, we're probably going to talk about it. Yes. Uh, so right now, Michigan's current mark is that if a brewery exceeds a thousand barrels, that is total for both self-distribution and consumed on-premise. They need to sign with a licensed distributor or just cut off sales at a thousand barrels. Which that's gotta be that, that's gotta suck when you're about October and you're looking at that number going, well, fuck. I was gonna say there would be. If you were to look at it in the Treasure Valley light, most of the self-distributed breweries 
would not be able to self-distro. Right. Because, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm less familiar, but how, what, what we're talking about, like about half that about what you'd be able to get out in a year. Uh, trying to think, I think like four of probably the seven or eight self-distros would probably still be able to self-distro. Okay. I'd have to look at the yearly reports on everyone. Fair enough. Um, so with this, with the new bill, if it gets passed, it would add a ton of breathing room. So it bumps the cap to 2000 barrels and which you're like, Oh, it's an extra thousand barrels. But the second caveat is what really opens it up. It no longer takes into account beer consumed on site within the total. So it's 2000 barrels all outside of the brewery sold to other bars, retailers. That's that's huge because I, yeah, you have a tap room, shit, half your sales are in in there. So you effectively almost, you effectively almost don't double it. You almost quadruple it. Yeah. So when I saw, I was like, oh, 2000, okay, that's, and then I saw that line and I was like, wow, that is massive. That's a huge game changer because it allows more jobs because you have to hire more sales rep delivery drivers different things like that and allows them i mean according to this law unless they have another caveat in there you could do 2000 barrels through your tap room and then 2000 barrels again yeah effect- outside effectively quadrupling the amount of beer in yeah. one in one go that you're able to do if you're self distributed yeah so, I mean, shit, you could do 10,000 barrels and then 2,000 barrels. Well, I barrels. guess there's no limit to how much, the, at that point in time, you can sell through the tap room. So, yeah. conceivably, you could be like, you know, if you do hit the limit, you're like, mm, fuck it, we're just going to sell the rest of our beer through our tap room, and, yeah. you know, everything's fine. As long as you don't go over 2,000 outside distributed. Right. I don't know if they have a limit for the tap room, but I don't know why they would. I was going to say, and that's what I said, as long as you there's not a caveat in there stating something. And if you're like selling, that. if you're selling over two thousand barrels to your tap room, Jesus Christ, you got a line out the door. Yeah. Um. So with this here, apparently breweries in the state have been pushing for this for a while. Initially, just asking for the higher cap, uh, or they were asking for a way higher cap, but settled on this small step, um, which avoided the normal pushback from distributors, saying, "Oh no, they're going to take business away from us." And it still helps the breweries because, like we said, that tap room is still that huge market that you can have regardless. Um, so, And most distributorships don't want to deal with 50 no. craft brewery brands that are 1,000 barrels. And they're bad at it. I mean, because... and not, They're good with the big guys. I mean, and, and rightly, you know, how if you've got, like... A hundred different brands. How do you effectively sell you know all them of all of them wherever you go? You're not gonna. You're gonna pick your favorites. And let's face it, the favorites are the are gonna be your money makers. That makes total sense. The guys that give you free yeah. shit and more money. That's how. That's how humans work. We're greedy. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, um, so that yeah, that makes perfect sense because it's is it taking money from the distributors. Sort of, but I don't think they, as you said, I don't think they have a lot of interest up to a certain point, and then they kind of probably start sniffing around. I mean, if there's a brewery selling 2,000 barrels out of their tap room and 1,000 barrels 
outside, they're going to probably be interested to be like, we can expand that number. Well, and then you're looking out of state, at which point in time you're already dealing with distributors anyway. Or even in-state. Right. So. Um, I mean, yeah, even if you're self-distributing, getting much past your home turf, you know, within a, like a 100-mile radius or something is a bit of a pain in the ass. And becomes a logistical nightmare. Now, I don't know how many, like, where a 100-mile radius kind of puts you in Michigan, depending where you're at. I mean, it'll put you in the middle. It'll put you in Canada to to, uh, to the other. I don't. I don't know. I'm I, like, does a hundred mile radius cover the whole fucking state? Uh, I mean, the center of it, not quite, but the majority of it. But most people don't live in the middle of Michigan, because why would you? Yeah, that's a good question. All right, on to the next one. We'll leave Siri out of this. I'll just go ahead and flip a coin. Tyler, call it in the air. Heads. It is heads. So we'll do the. I don't, we didn't agree on what heads or tails was. Heads is heads is fly heads is fly jack, tails is daytime. Let's do it again. And it is heads. All right, fly jack. Is it a loaded coin? How'd you get twice in a row? It's statistically possible one it out is. of four times. <laughs> Give me a fly jack. I'll fly your jack. You said you'd wait till after the podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Told you, this is gonna be a sexy episode. We're just, yeah, you know, we're embracing. The, this our, is how you get our, coronavirus. <laughs> no, that's not how you do it either. I've looked into it. <laughs> you drink Corona. <laughs> that's a, what. What do you think makes Corona extra extra? They put coronavirus in it. I always knew. I always knew. And we just drove down their stock price even more. You're welcome, Constellation. <laughs> that's that's what you get for Ballast Point. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just thinking back to that article that we just touched on, uh, a thousand barrels. Kings and convicts was at seven hundred and fifty barrels in the year, so they, as of the purchase of Ballast Point, wouldn't be able to self distro anymore. But I mean, so. But I think, well, yeah, the any number. First of all, if you have Ballast Point, you wouldn't want to self-distro no, anyway. But also, they were almost within like two, three years of operation outside of that self-distro limit. So I like the. So the aroma is nice. You get this like nice sharp like like a uh, citrus peel flavor. Yep. Or aroma, excuse me, aroma. Um, ninety-six calories. I don't five know. Grams of carbs. I don't know why I'm acting a little bit drunk because I think now at this point in time I've maybe had a beer. <laughs> Yeah, especially since we're each splitting a can. Yeah, so I mean, at this point in time, yeah, we've had I've had about a beer, a four percent alcohol. I've beer. had a four percent alcohol beer. I can't. I'm a lightweight now. Apparently, I think I found the one I like the least. It's like a toss up between this and the slightly mighty. The one thing I will say, I like the body. Do you like the body? Yeah, I see that. I mean, it's got a little bit more there, but there's. I mean, I feel like you could put more hops on it, and it's just not there. Um, now this is the one that they did with the Strata hop, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, which is a, I, I rather like that one, but if they're trying to squeeze more hop flavor onto this, um, it's there, but it's not, I don't know. It's not, it's there, but it's not there. I actually don't mind this. This is sitting a little closer to the top for me. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I still like the Wowza a lot, a lot better than this. I still, ha- I think it had a better hop flavor, closer to an IPA, as did the Good Behavior. I'm still, I'm with you. I, th- I still like this better than Slightly Mighty. There's something about that one that just did not sit right with me. Dogfish Head just missed that one. Sorry, Dogfish Head. You're, 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 you're I, 
tell your corporate masters at Sam Adams that you done fucked up. Take that one. <laughs> Goddamn Boston beer. Nobody puts younger in a bottle news now. Until now, at least. Um, <laughs> Pliny the Younger. I guess gave away what happened, but, you know, that's, that's what happens. Pliny the Younger. Um, those words are probably enough to inspire beer boners and everyone hearing my voice right now. The table just rose like four inches. <laughs> <laughs> I had something for it that I just broke it up. <laughs> I apologize to anybody listening to this podcast at work, although you probably should turn down the volume for this whole episode. <laughs> I mean, really? Are any of our episodes work appropriate? With headphones, I'm sure it's fine. Yes. Um, Plenty of the Younger is a legendary beer that's famously hard to get. But it has gotten, as of last year, a lot easier. Uh, this story actually comes from the San, Fris- San Francisco Chronicle uh, by Esther Mobley. Um, Pliny the Younger is probably the most sought-after beer in the world, or at least in the top ten, starting around 2010, when it kind of rose to a uh, rose to one of the uh, to the one of the top lists in the country. Um, and there was hitherto only one way to get go about getting it. Younger days. Yep, you had to actually make the pilgrimage to Santa Rosa or Windsor, California, in well, February. Well, for the longest time, it was just Santa Rosa. For, Windsor opened yeah. like a year or two ago. Yeah, but you actually had to go to the tap room. But you're right. You had to actually for the most for the for the most of its history, you actually had to go to Santa Rosa. Um, Windsor opened up later. Then you could go there. Uh, you had to go there in February and line up. Sometimes, according to uh, according to the uh, article. People waited days in line for this shit. And Russian River puts out a like instruction guide. Hey, because people are backed up around the block, if you're don't block people's entrances to their businesses. While you're waiting in line, someone from the group has to stay in line. Um, go in, check out the shops, support the businesses that support us, because. We make it basically a huge bitch for them to operate their business during this two-week period. Um, and afterwards, once you got into the brewery, you could have three 10-ounce pours or stay for three hours. Whatever was whatever took less time. first. Yeah. Um, they only brewed 160 barrels, and once it was gone, it was gone for another year. And Pliny the Younger never, ever left the brewery. Um, and here's a, here's an interesting figure. According to the Sonoma County Economic Development Board, Pliny the Younger alone brought in $4.6 million of tourism uh, every year. Yeah. I've talked to people who have went down and, like, they've been like, oh, a short wait. I had a super short wait of, like, two hours right. in line. And you're like, fuck, is this Disneyland? Um, I mean, I'm, like, sitting there going, I, I'm reading this article, and in my mind I'm going... Jesus Christ, remember when people used to camp out for uh, uh, Star Wars before Disney bought it? Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that, like people like in a tent for days outside the theater, except for, you know, at least this is better, you get beer at the end of it, but it still sounds kind of vaguely awful. Um, but the reason that this went on is the owners of Russian River um, famously refused to bottle it. Their official, the, their official reason was because they wanted to prevent Pliny the Younger from being sold on the internet uh, for several times what it was worth. And they were always staunch proponents against people, the secondary beer selling market. Right. They were they were fine with people trading beer, but they had a just distaste of people selling a bottle of their beer for $50 that they paid $8 for. Right. 
Um, so that's that was one of the factors. And I think there's there had to be an element of the, the mystique of like you know we opened up in February and there's a line out the door. There had to be a part of it. But oh, hundred percent. But um, anyway, they refused to bottle it um, until last year. Um, it marked the first year that Russian River bottled Pliny the Younger. Uh, they doubled the batch size and began sell- and began selling bottles only out of their brew pub. And the, the question that must be asked: Well, you know what changed? Um, a few things. Um, for one, the marketing landscape or the the market just the market landscape just uh, uh, changed dramatically because. I think there was a time when, yeah, a double IPA of that quality was it's a, tri- a triple. Uh, well, double, triple, imperial, a big high octane IPA. Yes, but the elder is the double. Okay, fair enough. So it's ten point four percent ABV. I, I I believe that's or it's over ten, a little over, it's a little over ten, but not quite eleven. Yeah, I've not had it. I've not been able to go down to wait in line. I know someone who may be going down this year. I told him. We'd bring him on the podcast if he comes back with a bottle for me. Well, there you go. Okay, so, so we'll do the uh, Pliny the Younger and then uh, the Lighthearted, and just be useless. <laughs> and then, well, after we'll we'll drink the we'll drink Pliny the Younger first, and then Bell's Lighthearted. Like this is like water. This is shit. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Maybe we should flip it. <laughs> um, but the point is that a, a big high octane IPA was harder to find. Of that quality, it's now not terribly hard to get a hold of. No, Heretic released last year around 4th of July a quad IPA called the 4th of Juicy that was 14% and in a 16-ounce can. I could, off the top of my head, you know, Melvin does like three or four beers throughout the year that are upwards of 12%. Knee deep. Is Knee Deep still a thing? I don't know, but they used to do they like used triple to. and quads, 11, but revision. 12, yeah. Um, they come out with. I mean, the point is, is that there are that all over this country, you can get some really, really nice double IPAs, um, and so the necessity of having to absolutely to to go down there to get that beer is it. It's not. It's still a. It's still an attraction. And people obviously still go down just to participate, as kind of the again to make the pilgrimage. Yeah, it's the pilgrimage. But. Um, the the landscape is changing. I think they rec- and they're recognizing that the younger is good, but there are equally good ones available all over the country. Um, and it would suck to open your door on Pliny the Younger Day and it'd have, be dead. Yeah, to all of a sudden have the crowd dwindle to nothing. Um, and the other thing was, according to this article, it sounded like the owners, as much fun as they were have you know, ha- having, you know, and I didn't know about I I sort of knew about what they were like. Go patronize the uh, the local businesses because we're a pain in the ass, and all the rules. I think the owners are starting to like. Yeah, that was fun, but you know, enough's enough. Yeah. Um, take a quick pause. Let's uh, get into the daytime uh, uh, IPA from Lagunitas. Um. So, just a quick point of clarification: Are they opening that up to distribution, or is it the bottle it's- strictly going to be at? One of the two brew pubs. For right now, um, it's only available either at Santa Rosa or... Um, Windsor. Or Windsor. Um, but, I mean, that might change because, let's face it, they said for the longest time, we will never, ever bottle Pliny the Younger. Just like Lagunitas said they would never do cans. <laughs> and you sell the Heineken, jump in a bathtub full of money and weed, and... 
I mean, a bathtub full of money and weed sounds amazing, but... Um, again, nice citrusy aroma. Yep. Uh, clear. Got that typical, like, pale ale kind yeah. of straw color. One of, the few, one of the few clear ones we've had. But I kind of like some lemony hop flavor. A little bit of... Again, a hint of bitterness. A hint of bitterness. I like it, but it's... There are, I mean, there there are other things on this table that I think be, get closer to an IPA. Again, hoppy blonde. I want to say hoppy blonde, and a, a better one than the slightly mighty, but uh, hoppy blonde. This is almost. This is session IPA. You think this is closer to like what a session IPA was? Yes, and I think that's why it's stuck around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninety-eight calories, three carbs, four percent ABV. I mean, as far as session IPAs went or go. I mean, this one's one of the better ones. There were just some that are like, God, this is just bitter and shitty, and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but so. I think this, out of everything that we've had today, is more reminiscent of... This is kind of what I was expecting out of most of them. A little more of that prominent bitterness. Hold on. I'm doing social media here for... Everybody pause for a second. See, these pictures don't... These pictures, if you, like, see them on Instagram, and you can follow us on Instagram at It's All Beer, uh, these pictures don't just happen. Sometimes we have to take a pause from the podcast in order to do them. You're welcome. Because we can't afford a photographer. If you want to be a photographer and just, like, hang out while we're drinking beer, uh, you can do that, uh, but you're not getting any of our beer. Um, Unless we have enough. (laughs) But uh, anyway, as I was saying, um, I get the impression that the owners were kind of like, okay, it was fun, but enough's enough. And it's not improving the experience to have people waiting in line for hours and hours and hours. By bottling it, you take a bunch. You take a a, a bunch of people and just say, "Here, you want the, want the beer? Go." And if you're just here for the beer. Stand in this line. Yeah, and you can you, you can run through that. And it it seemed to work apparently. Um, the the, sh- the lines were much shorter. And in fact, in the middle of the week, a couple of times, it was reported that e- during the middle of Pliny the Younger Days, there was no line. You could walk in like you would any other brew pub, go wa- go in, sit on a stool, order the beer, and have everything be hunky-dory. Damn. You know, it's yeah. Just... A, a weird concept. You could walk into the brew pub and have the beer you wanted. That also probably helped with the second location as well. It, that didn't hurt, but I well, mean, even according to this, it was still... I, with I would them. be slightly pissed if I had stood in line for like a full day, like a couple of years ago, and then like go back with friends being like, okay, hey, we got to camp out and, that, and then you can just walk straight fucking in. I'd be like, no, you motherfuckers are going to go sit out on the <laughs> sidewalk, <laughs> and I will come out and get you when you deserve to come in. <laughs> You must stay here without food, water, or encouragement, and when you finally... Have- and I'm taking the lawn chair! <laughs> Which actually brings a question I kind of had for, you know, your, your, your marketing. Um, I would say that, the, you know, the hype around um, Pliny the Younger is almost legendary marketing. Is it a good move to be like, to, to make it more available, or... Would you? I don't know. If you're you're running Russian River, do you like keep this mystique where you have to come down and double down? That's always going to be a thing, or do you just say, "Oh fuck it, let's do bottles"? I think doing bottles was great because I know at least when I saw that, I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot planning the younger's getting ready to come out." I I don't have the time or the money right now to make a trip down there, but I was like, "Shit, I've always wanted to try this beer," so. Texted a buddy that lives down around that area. I was like, dude, can you go get... And he's like, ah, I, I'm busy. 
He's like, I'll see if I can find someone to go down. And because I was like, shit, it might sell out quick. So, but it just kind of revitalized like my, I need to try this beer. Mm -hmm. So I think that's good. It, honestly, if I was them, unless something dramatic changed, I don't know if I'd get bottles set anywhere outside of the brewery. Well, why would you? I mean, unless well, they, yeah. they are the, in the article. They did say they were going to up it, um, even past like the 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 uh, three hundred and twenty barrels that they were doing uh, this year. They were even going as high. I want to say as six hundred and forty. Oh damn! So essentially quadrupling the amount of uh, amount of that they were producing. And I think that's awesome. And I mean, Russian River has done a great job with their marketing. They mastered scarcity a long time ago, and I think they make some great beers. I do think Pliny the Elder is overrated. Yes, but... But because it's limited distribution market, everyone fights for it. And to this day, you know, every tap room I've ever worked at, I get people coming in and going, can you get Pliny the Elder? And I'd say, bitch, if I could get Pliny the Elder in here. <laughs> yeah. But it there's still that fight for it. But it was when we worked at that bottle shop together... I swore that Knee Deep's Lupulin River was better. We did. And I actually picked it in a blind taste test. We famously, yeah, we put Lupulin River uh, from Knee Deep uh, versus Pliny the Elder. And we tried versus, to get as fresh a bottle of both. Do we also put Melvin's 2x4 two two by by four four. in there? Yeah. yeah but 2x4 kind of lost quick. <laughs> we Well, we quickly we, we quickly realized that we, we were able to pick out 2x4 and decided yeah. that it wasn't as good. Um, or it was just different. Yeah, it was one of these two. One of these three does not belong. Yeah, it and so we kind of just pushed it out. I of think the, I say there was like I want to say five or six of us, and we all were like, okay, that's obviously two, two by, by four. four, and it's and, good, but it's not Pliny the Elder, yeah. nor is it Lupulin River. The other two, I think most people are able to identify which one was which, but they everybody kind of agreed, but they are almost equally good. Mm -hmm. I think two of us picked our favorite as lupulin river the rest went pliny the elder i don't remember which one i picked that day but yeah i, I vaguely remember that it was a good day it i was it was i one of those days at work i got a, more than a little bit <laughs> probably stretching how the the how appropriately drunk i was at work <laughs> <laughs> but it, so if i was running russian river i i would open the bottles and i mean just the longer you're in the industry, the less you want to have to deal with a full line of people in a packed house for 12 hours a day. Again, yeah, I can I, I, I can totally see. And again, this like this became a thing in like 2010. You know, it's now a decade later and 10 yeah. years every year of going of like, all right. It's, oh, fuck. You just kind of go, fuck it. Let's just bottle it. And let's like, I mean, I'm glad people are coming down and they've stressed how important their their regulars and the people that keep on showing up for this every mm -hmm. year are. But they're like, we kind of want to. But part of me does feel a little sad that there's not that that experience of waiting in that line. True. I mean, like like you said, there is something a pilgrimage is the word we keep coming mm -hmm. back to that you have to go down there, you have to you have to pitch a tent. Yeah, and I saw a tweet that said the people who work for breweries that bitch about people and like trash on people waiting in line for a beer release and make fun of them are stupid. Right. Because you wouldn't have a job if people didn't wait in line for your beer. And it's again, it's not about at that point in time it's not about the way, you know, it's not about 
you're not going down there like, God, I hope this only takes me five minutes. You're going, we're going to make an event out of this. We're yeah. going to travel down there. We're, we're making gonna, a trip. We're going to we're gonna pitch a tent. It's going to be slightly uncomfortable, but at the end of that, we're going to have three 10-ounce pours of that. That's the part like, That's the part I had a little trouble getting my head around. It's like, there's something about all you get is, all you have is that experience in the tap room. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't bring it home with you. You can't, you, you, all you have is like, you can have, you know, three 10 ounce pours right there. Enjoy it. Enjoy it there. And then go about your business. Yeah. You know, send you back. There's again, almost religious. And you, I was going to say you lose the atmosphere when you take the bottle, but I did see that they were only doing two bottles per person. Correct. So, I mean, you still have that. So you're limiting the secondary market Mm -hmm. because most people, if they're going to go down, are going to buy it for them. Maybe a close friend, or they're gonna at least have one. Right. So you're limiting that secondary market where you're not allowing like a case, and so they can be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna drink one, and then give a couple to my friends, and then sell the rest." Right. And it funded my trip. Yeah, that's kind of exactly the thing they want to avoid. Yeah. So, um, and I guess the other thing is they, they, I, the article talked a little bit about how the market's changing. You know, was this I think, yes, this was probably going to go away just by virtue of the fact that as much fun as it is to go camp out in front of a brewery for several hours to get a beer, yeah, you can find as good, as good if not better, Imperial IPAs out there. What I would just say, keep the scarcity. Scarcity, yeah, well, I mean, famously, you tell people that there's only so much and you can't have it, that's yes. all people want. And I'm just hoping Russian River doesn't go, oh, well, I mean... It sells good at 640 barrels. What if we add another 160? That is seems to be where the danger lies. It's finding that right barrel mark where people can come get it. Not everyone's missing out, but it's still selling fast because you have that limited amount. Right. Check, check, check. This has been the longest fucking podcast of my goddamn life. Holy fuck. Just so you guys don't know, we thought we lost this whole podcast. <laughs> uh, computers are fun. All right, let's end this before before the computer gods punish us. We're ending with the... Um, this is going to be fucking painful. Why are we doing this again, Tyler? Because I just want to ruin your life. Congratulations. I mean, you're doing that. I mean, but just by just by being here and, and, and you know... Uh, but, okay. I, I... So, a trend we've noticed in kind of the craft brewery sales so far this year have been they all have a fucking hard seltzer line and then the other day i saw belching beaver release their passion fruit and guava hard seltzer and it says real fruit not clear fruit i mean it's hazy it is um partially belching beaver i am not surprised at all has released this they've always kind of had the like bro vibe to them they are very bro They make and good beer, but they are bro They make excellent beer. But a lot of the college bros now are slamming White Claws, so it was only a matter of time before Belching Beaver. And the beaver is yoked wearing fucking party sunglasses. Oh, my God. Um, I Yeah, it's a fruited... I, it just doesn't offend me as much as some hard seltzers, but it tastes like... 110 calories... It tastes a little bit like... They did put the full nutrition facts on the can. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't offend me as much as hard, but I think I would take any one of these... Um, uh, these... I also think it needs to be a little bit colder. 
It's kind of warmed it has, up in the 20 minutes we sat here waiting to see if the computer was going to fuck us. <laughs> you're listening to this. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, pr- you know, praise your God of choice. There's a minor miracle. Um, yeah. I. So here's what the can says. Here at the Beave, we love making beer. My God, the Beave. They said the, did they say the Beave? They <laughs> yep, said the Beave. B-E-A-V. Fuck you. Uh, but some of our guys are packing on the pounds. Shocking. Uh, so Thomas came up with this idea of making a low-carb hard seltzer. Troy brewed up a batch using real fruit. No artificial flavors or extracts. Now we have a low-carb, no-sugar-added, easy-drinking style to balance out our carb intake. It's either this or the gym. So hard seltzer it is. Let the damn good times continue. I can respect that last line of, it's either this or the gym. So <laughs> I grudgingly accept that. <laughs> so Cheers. <laughs> Um, again, I've, on hard seltzers, I it offends me the least. It still offends me on a on a visceral level. Yeah, I don't get a ton of carbonation coming through. Um, out of some of the hard seltzers I've had, not terrible. All right, but the big question. All right, so the locale IPAs. Um, number five. My number five. Yeah, you're number five. Slightly Mighty from Dogfish. I agree. That of, of our lineup. So this is our last place. That's our last place. All right. So we're, we're in agreement. Um, all right. Shall I do? Shall I put it, bring up my number four? Yes. Um, I would say the Daytime from Lagunitas. The Wowza. Really? Number three. See, that's still my top, maybe number two. Oh, that's my number four. Oh, that's your number four. That's your that bad, huh? I I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Okay, that's wow. All right. Um, so for you now, Jeremy. All right, Fly Jack would be my number three. Okay. Um, good behavior number two, and then the Wow's at number one. Okay. So that'd be that. Do be you my, want a picture of your? I'll take a picture of my lineup. Yes. All right. What and what's yours? It's like a shell game here. This is this is super <laughs> interesting for anybody listening. That you know, cans moving around. This is like super. Uh, all right, are you are, are you satisfied with that? No, I'm trying to remember. He's, we put, had a long break. <laughs> you put a lot of thought. You're putting a lot of thought into this. All right, he's going with good behavior for number three. Daytime for number two. Flyjack, your number one. Flyjack was my number one. Little better body. Uh, and to me, I. If I'm drinking something, I want it to have a decent body. Daytime was more IPA-ish, and like I, we said, kind of the definition of a session IPA. And then good behavior for that body. Okay, I feel like we got to re- reconcile this for the for the it's all beer official like lineup. So um, I think we're we're agreed on slightly mighty is number five. Correct. Um, we are in huge contention about Wowza and the daytime. Um, I would defend Wowza saying, I mean, listen, you're looking for hop flavor and hop uh, aroma. It had the most. Yes, but I mean, still probably the lightest of all three on the body. Not, well, not lighter than Slightly Mighty, but I mean, that's not a bad, and also that's not a bad thing. I actually think Flyjack would be a little bit lighter than, than the Wowza. Uh, at least not to my palate. Okay. Uh, and the Wowza was good. I just, there was something missing for me. 
Oh, there's something missing for all of these. It's yes. called the, the proper beer. But huh. <laughs> uh, And then what did you have for number three again? My number three was actually the Flyjack. Flyjack? Okay. Um, Flyjack, I just thought, it, to me, was the closest thing to like an actual IPA. See, I mean, if you're talking about, again, I'd have to go with Wowza, but I mean, if you're talking about like, the closest thing to like the idea, good behavior then is my, you know, number two. The closest to like a like what you'd call an IPA. Like if you served this to me, I'd go, yeah, that's either a that's not an IPA, but it's a pale ale. I I think good behavior is right there with it. Uh, reason I put daytime ahead of good behavior just had a little more of that bitterness bite, and I've been I've noticed I've been tracking back to the little more of the bitterness than uh, of the original West Coast. Okay. So you like so, so you like the bitterness, um, good behavior and daytime could have been either way for me. Okay, we're 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 not getting any further. So let's all right. We we agreed on number five. Let's find a number four that we can both. Um, I mean, mine was Lagunitas. Yours was is is Wowza. Um, I, I can put a number four, the Lagunitas at number four. Number Okay, Lagunitas at number four. All right. All right, now we need a number three. So the Flyjack, Wowza. Um, I mean, Wowza was my top pick. It's your, like, almost bottom pick. Um, I think I think a, a good behavior rates pretty highly on both of ours. Yeah, you had it as two. I had it as three. So. I think Wowza goes number three. Okay. This is, by the way, this is kind of how competitions actually work. If you, yeah. if you are, by the way, if you're listening, like, what the fuck are they doing? This is kind of actually how like real competitions operate. Where you go, okay, fine, I'll give you that one, but this. <laughs> I would say probably flyjack two, good behavior one. Because yeah. when we started this podcast, we said what would be yeah, the yeah, closest yeah. to an IPA or a pale ale. Fair. All right. Yeah, that's our official. Well, I. I'm okay with that as our our, our official uh, our, our, our official standing. It has been decided. It is it is known. So just in case you were uh, just in case you were uh, uh, worried about this, the official is number five, the slightly mighty. Number four, Lagunitas' daytime. Number three, the Wowza from Deschutes. Number two, Flyjack, and number one, Odell's good behavior. And. This just proves that every person's palate's a little different because we had drastically different top fives. Right. But, I mean, that's... You can't please all the people all the time. And last night, all those people were at my show, said the late Mitch Hedberg. All right. <laughs> um, Tyler, anything else to add today? Uh, no. Um, still, I don't think that these are what... Here's a question. These are not the recession of session IPAs. They are what session IPAs should have been in the first place. They are better than most of the session IPAs I had back then. I mean, none of them were... They are They are all kind of as they are built. Yeah, they're light, slightly hoppy, very, 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 very clean and drinkable. None of them blew the top of my head off. But, I mean, they're... If you hand me one of these, like... If yeah. I'm at a barbecue and I get a can of one of these, I'm going to drink it. Yeah, with the possible exception of the Slightly Mighty. I may yeah. just chug that. I mean... Dogfish Head, you need I'll to take a sequence instead. <laughs> okay, well, this has been It's All Beer. If you want to uh, uh, 
uh, well, go through all the pictures of our uh, of this Odyssey. You can follow us on Instagram. Um, all of our uh, articles that we cite for this go up on Twitter. You can find us find us both of those uh, uh, at It's All Beer. Uh, we're on Facebook. We do some things there. And as always, feel free to send us your your own like lineups on you know tell us why we're wrong for picking the ones we did. Uh, send us news stories. You can find us that you can email us at itsallbeer at gmail dot com. And uh, yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll about do it. Oh, we have one more. I have one more thing to add. Um, still have a uh, a few uh, of the Coors Edge, um, and we are still offering the uh, if you leave a five star review. Um, Jeremy, just water a plant with them, okay? No, I'm not. They're they're sitting my free sit my refrigerator until we get the until we get the ratings. So it takes about a second, and just put just put the you know just put a, a star rating, five stars, and uh, I'll make t- Tyler talk about those. If we get a five star that says Tyler's the best, I Jeremy will shotgun a Belching Beaver hard seltzer. And if you get one that says Tyler is the or Jeremy is the best, Tyler will shotgun a, uh, a delicious IPA. They don't even can it. it he, then he will chug one. <laughs> Whatever. He will ingest that into his body. He will hate it, and we will all laugh. That's what's going to happen. And that'll be about all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to go, uh, like, work out or something, because, you know. Get swole!